The following podcast was sponsored by Rico. It takes the right skills and the right innovation to design and manage meaningful print marketing solutions. Welcome to Podcast from the Printerverse, where we explore all facets of print and marketing that create meaningful communications and business success. Now, here's your host, the intergalactic ambassador to the Printerverse, Deborah Korn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Podcast from the Printiverse. And today we're speaking to my unofficial co-host, I think, Dan. Dan Johansson, you might be holding the record for the most guest spots, but that's because I love you so damn much. Dan Johansson from Rico, how are you doing today, sir? I'm fantastic, Deb. How are you? And, th- and thanks for having me, by the way. I, I couldn't be happier to, to have that moniker and to, and to be your co-host on, on these occasions. It's a blast to do these. You're my ethnic man. hey <laughs> So you are the marketing manager for Wide Format Solutions at Rico, and I have seen you speak. I regurgitate with pride and joy uh, the things that you have taught me about the viability of the wide format opportunity. And that really was manifested in such a super cool way at SGIA uh, 2018. And I believe you also had some uh, form of it at print 18, although I don't ever get out of my booth. I heard about it. You guys printed a retail store environment. Can you speak a little bit about first in a 30,000 foot kind of view, the opportunity that is in wide format and how closely tied to retail it is? Uh, sure. And thanks for the observation about, about what we did. We've put a lot of thought and work into it. Um, when we, you know, so sure, here we are. We're a, we're a manufacturer and a vendor of solutions for wide format printing. And, you know, we talk to everyone from commercial printers to sign shops and implants and people all over the country, all over the world about what you could do with wide format. But one of the things that we're constantly looking at are the trends not necessarily in printing, but what our customers' customers are doing, right? So what are print buyers doing with wide format? Because I think the unique demands of the print buyer tend to drive the innovation uh, in what's produced. Because, you know, these days it's great. There are such a broad variety of technologies out there, and you can print on roll material and rigid material, and you can print on things for walls and floors and cars and, you know, you name it. You know, every sort of surface is an artboard for a marketer's message. Um, so when when we look out, you know, we've seen for years in wide format all these varying applications. But one of the one one of the trends we see a lot of late is a resurgence in retail. We know that retail type of point of purchase graphics has been the fuel for a lot of wide format growth for a long time. And some of that work is a challenge to go after because you, you've in a lot of cases, you need to be high volume. You got to have a lot of throughput to be able to handle a large national retailer. So, not everybody can go after that sort of business. So maybe they do it at a, at a local level. But as we started to plan for the show, and we really wanted the show not just we didn't just want to feature our stuff. Of course, we did that, right? And we we can talk about that if if we get a chance. But more importantly, I think we wanted to communicate how we can help people who want to make money off of of wide format printing how they can do so by showing them some real world applications. And where a lot of this fueled from is uh, I, I was given an article from, uh, from an agency friend of mine that was published in, in Adweek earlier in, in 2018. 
that talked about why e-commerce companies, e-commerce disruptors are pouring money into brick and mortar. That caught my eye just because it's you, know, you don't think of big e-commerce companies thinking about retail. But then again, you start reading about what companies like Amazon is doing and actually opening stores. I don't think any of us would have seen that coming. But, but as I went through the article, it talked about um, the importance of the retail experience to be interactive and immersive, something that online retailing can't do, right? You can't, you, it's very difficult to create an immersive experience for a buyer on a web page. Right. And so this talked a lot about the experience. And, and we started to think about how important it is for people to say, uh, when they start to think about wide format printing, they think of it as, the, as printing, as opposed to thinking, it, thinking of it as the product that they can sell their customers. So we looked at that whole concept and said, let's look at what print buyers are doing. The pop-up store has been, over the last bunch of years, a relatively new concept where retailers, large and small, basically created an environment where one didn't exist before to engage with their customers. And I think they know if, if that experience, the literal experience of walking into a location, if you can be immersed with information and product and get a good feel for what it does and how it can help you personally or professionally, that sort of stuff resonates. So we took that concept and we ran with it by building two unique pop-up stores in our booth at SGIA to show some real-world examples of what print buyers are doing with wide format. And can you describe the products that you did print for the shows? Absolutely. Again, looking at what's hot right now in wide format, in that sort of environmental theme, we focused on printing on substrates and surfaces that allowed us to create this physical environment. So we were printing on everything from clear acrylics that were used for wall structures within the booth that we were direct printing on with flatbeds. We created supplemental information on the flooring inside the booth using floor graphic material on a roll-to-roll wide format inkjet printer. We had some unique signage that was direct printed on some pretty cool stuff like aluminum panel. We even used what's really common and popular right now in a lot of retail applications and a lot of industrial applications, which is direct printing on the textiles for what the market calls soft signage. And that's where you use fabrics in a backlit box as opposed to traditional backlit film. And quite simply, the markets have adopted this because quite in its own way, those fabrics are so lightweight. If you're shipping them across the country to retail locations, you can ship a small piece of fabric, which only weighs a few ounces, a whole lot easier at a a much lower cost than you would a larger backlit. So we again looking to all of these things that print buyers are specifying in what format, we created an assortment of different applications of the technology, but we did so mimicking a retail store. One in particular, we called it Peak Outfitters, and it was a store that sold outdoor-style gear. And we used the environment as signage. We used both signage and the environment as signage to really inform the customer. And they could even go in and get some detailed information about well what it was printed with and what it was printed on because of course you know we're at a trade show so we want the people to geek out a little bit about what they're seeing but still while conveying a, a message of continuity but most importantly the fact that these things can be produced by just about anybody who gets into the wide format game nothing nothing we produced for these pop-up booths uh, was done outside of the technology on our booth that we offer every day to our customers. It's easily accessible and and relatively easy to use. 
The Rico Commercial and Industrial Business Printing Group is pleased to be a pioneer in this journey with Print Media Center for podcasts from the Printiverse. From workflow assessment and color management services to a full portfolio of outstanding hardware, software, and finishing solutions to give your business an edge, Rico has what you need at every step of the way. We invite you to learn more at takealookatrico.com. There's never been more to see at takealookatrico.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're talking to Dan, the man, Johansson from Rico, wide format. Dan, the manufacturers have been classifying wide format as industrial print. Does Rico do that? And if so, why? And then I'll get into my next question. Sure. And it's a good one. So I think, you know, everyone likes to categorize things. And even at Rico, we do it. Even the name of our business division here in North America is the Commercial and Industrial uh, Printing Business Group. The reason we, we use the word industrial is we understand that people are using these printing technologies, wide format or otherwise, by the way, in sort of one of two primary ways or, or directions for their businesses. They're using printing technologies to create a product that gets sold or used. And if we think of normal wide format printing, banners, posters, direct printing on signage, et cetera, et cetera. That is what we just consider some type of commercial printing. It's transaction-based printing, regardless of what type of work it is. On the industrial side, the use of the word industrial as it relates to printing tends to be used when people are using a print technology to create something as part of a larger product or a larger offering. And a perfect example would be a company that might use a Rico flatbed printer, for example, to produce tabletop surfaces that'll be used and laminated to a desk, right, for some sort of industrial furniture application. So they are, yes, they are actually printing and they're wide format printing direct to substrate. But instead of printing on a piece of, you know, foam core or, or PVC, they may be printing on a more specialized type of material that gets used as part of making something else. You could even think of industrial printing the same way companies uh, leverage inkjet, inkjet technology to do things like printing code information on a computer board that goes inside a PC. Right. That's all. In, so that's all industrial style printing. Right. I mean, yeah, it's really odd to me that, you know, this definition is kind of, let's say, fluctuating from depending upon who you talk to. I was actually talking to the industrial print magazine people, and they still refer to industrial print as it's like the inside of an airplane, printing on the computer batteries, the, to your point, the circuit boards, like that's industrial to them, which also implies that there's a volume requirement for it to be industrial. I appreciate everything you've said, but what is the volume possible with your machines? I mean, can they print 30 retail stores or is this really limited to on-demand specialty printing, which is not a bad thing, by the way. It just I think will help the printers understand who their target is to, to sell these applications through. I love the question that you asked because I have, you know, you may have not seen this answer coming, but one of the things that's great about, you know, if we keep the focus on wide format, great thing about the technology these days is it's evolved so much in the last two decades or so since we all got started doing this, that machines, even let's call them entry-level machines, are now fast enough and productive enough. So yes, indeed, not only is it viable to do 30 versus one, 
I think it's viable for most people with this sort of technology to do a couple of hundred instead of just one. Really, Dan? I think you're freaking me out. And I'll give you a perfect example of, of how that manifests itself. So, you know, to do one, like anything in print, whether you're doing one or a thousand, most of the time that it takes to get you from A to B is all of the work that needs to happen right up until the point where you put ink on something, right? And none of this has changed in, in the last couple of decades, right? All the file prep, the work, the color correction, all the work that gets done in advance. Once you actually start putting ink on a substrate, most of the modern devices can, you know, can, can produce stuff at a pretty decent clip. I can't speak about other people's gear, but for example, if I just look at the two of the technologies we introduced at SGIA, you know, one is a roll-to-roll latex inkjet printer uh, designed just for flexible material. But the throughput on this machine can be as fast as uh, 473 square feet an hour. And that's a, that's a lot of material in just one print hour. Uh, same thing with, with our new flatbed device, the TS6250. Its throughput is up to 1,391 square feet an hour. It's a lot of material through machines that are positioned for the low to mid-range in the category. So, And when I told you, I'd, I'd tell you something in particular. A perfect example is we were setting up our, our booth uh, the night before SGIA opened, and we realized due to an error that we made in specking out some of the sizes of the graphic elements in the booth, there were a whole bunch of direct printed acrylic panels that made up the physical structure of the pop-up booth that we got wrong. And hey, this happens to any company that does a trade show, right? You, 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 have, the, you have the best intentions and then you show up to do the installation and, you know, and that whole measure twice, cut once sort Please, of mentality yeah, we realized. I, I, put, I spelled my own website wrong on a banner. <laughs> the print of ours. So, and by the way, I ran to any manufacturer with a wide format, you know, press, and I was like, "Please print me a patch," and I cried. Yeah. So the net of it was, we found out late in the day, the the, the night before the show, that like we have all these things they were they weren't produced correctly. We took the flatbed sitting on the floor in our booth, and within a couple of hours, we reproduced all the panels that needed to be redone and installed them into the booth. And, you know, a couple of us sweated a little bit when we realized that we right. had to, to do this on the fly. But the reason I tell the story is, is we were able to knock out about, you know, a third of this whole uh, pop-up booth structure. On the floor of, of our Las Vegas convention on the, center. On the, right. That's story. Right. And so the reality is, is if we could do that in a couple of hours, uh, a production facility built to do this sort of thing, sure, once the prep work is done, the actual printing part of it doesn't take very long at all. It's usually, you know, this was, if this was, you know, a couple of hundred square foot of mock retail space, you know, someone with even a moderately productive uh, output device could produce enough quantity to do multiples of just about anything. But, you know, but what, like I said, what takes the longest is the prep work and the planning before you print. And then, of course, in this environment, the installation work that takes place afterwards, because, of course, as I've mentioned to you before, you know, once you put ink on something, it's a print. But until you finish it and put it where it's going, then it's a product. The Rico Commercial and Industrial Business Printing Group is pleased to be a pioneer in this journey with Print Media Center for podcasts from the Printerverse. Rico drives success in all areas of your operation with a customer-centric approach to business. Rico offers a full range of customized consulting services executed by a team of seasoned print production, workflow, and color management specialists who have decades of proven real-world practical experience. We invite you to learn more at takealookatrico.com. There's never been more to see. That's take a look at Rico.com.
Welcome back, everybody. We are still talking to Dan Johansson, the marketing manager for Rico Wide Format. And I say still because he didn't leave me yet because you're my Dan the man. <laughs> okay, Dan, you mentioned you had some new equipment. So go ahead, geek out, let the people know your new stuff. And uh, then I have some questions about how you're helping them. Sure. So it's a very exciting year for Rico right now. And this all sort of came to fruition at SGIA a couple of months ago. About a year ago, we started down this path by branching out into a new type of technology for Rico manufactured and developed product. And that was the, the introduction of the Rico Pro T7210, which is a flatbed printer designed by Rico all in-house. As you know, we've worked with manufacturing partners for some of the technology we offer in wide format, whether it's Rico branded or sold under our partner's brand. We've had this cohesive message where all of the wide format technology in printing uh, we've brought to market use Rico's, at a minimum, Rico's printed technology. But we made the decision a couple of years ago, and we're now seeing the, the fruits of that labor, to introduce Rico-developed technology. So it started a year ago with the Pro T7210, which is a large, a very large format flatbed device that can print uh, six feet, nine inches by 10 and a half feet. It's got a really large bed with an ability to print on thick material up to 4.3 inches thick. So we introduced that device part of a technology preview a year ago. And here we are now. That product's finally coming to market now. We've got a, a solid base of technology wrapped around some unique ink sets that allow the user to choose the different types of ink they may want to use, whether they're printing all rigid, a mix of rigid and, and softer materials with options for both CMYK printing and there's options to use white and clear and primer. What we announced at SGIA was sort of an extension of that first device. And we announced the Pro TF6250 flatbed, which is in essence, just a smaller version of the first one. And we believe for the, for the American market in particular, this is the most exciting device in this two device family, because it's positioned towards the sign and graphics market. It's a four by eight foot flatbed, which beats the needs of 80 to 90% of the people out there who need a flatbed device. As I mentioned, Rico developed and, and manufactured. We're really excited about the, the TF6250 because it's going to break a couple of barriers. And while we haven't settled on some of the final go-to-market details as it relates to the economics, I can tell you that at its throughput, at its production speeds of up to 1,391 square feet an hour, it will likely be the best price performance flatbed device uh, in the market. And we're really excited to bring something that's going to enable uh, people in, in every facet of wide format printing, whether they're in it already or just getting into it, to find a device that, that meets such broad needs. Uh, the other device we, we announced at SGIA was a new version of a, of a product that had been on the market for a few years, but we, we re-engineered from the ground up, and it's an entirely new platform of latex roll-to-roll inkjet. And for those people who sort of pay attention to what happens in the roll-to-roll market, Latex has gone from a relatively new technology just a short number of years ago to dominating the roll-to-roll market worldwide because of its flexible usability, the fact that it doesn't need to dry any dry time after printing. It's got a broad range of substrates that it's print on, that it can print on. It's very environmentally friendly as well. So we launched the new Pro-L 5160 and 5130. So these are our two new uh, roll-to-roll latex inkjet devices. And like the other ones, they feature high productivity, high quality with different options for, for printing configurations. But most importantly, 
this is a machine designed with the same level of industrial components that were featured in devices that most commonly were in that six-figure price range. We've created an accessible technology and an accessible device that features that same Ricoh Gen 5 printhead technology in more of an entry-level machine. But most importantly, we've been listening to our customers who said, hey, you know, that's great, but some of these higher-level, production-level machines require a lot of maintenance. So we listened to that, and we built in a whole maintenance routine in this Pro-L series of latex printers. So it cleans and maintains itself. So the operator maintenance is virtually nil. Uh, it's minimal compared to any other device. That product will come to market officially around the 1st of May this year. We think it's going to have a significant impact on how people look at both roll-to-roll printing and wide format printing. So the exciting part for us as a company is Ricoh's always been the company whose technology was inside. If you look at right. devices from a broad range of companies, right? It was Rico inside. You can look at any of the trade publications where companies advertise their flatbeds, for example. Mm-hmm. And the first or second bullet point was, was uh, is often features Rico Gen 5 printheads. So what we're doing here, it's a, it's a natural sort of extension. I mean, we're the company that makes the imaging technology. Why not take that knowledge, take that intellectual property and, the, and that investment in resources and development come out with our own line of products. It's a natural thing for us to have done. Yeah, I, I visited your experience center in Boulder, Colorado a few times, and I was really surprised. I didn't realize that your inkheads were in so many machines out there until Roger schooled me on that. You mentioned something that I think is so important, that Rico listens to customers. And I've seen it firsthand at your Interact conference, which I will still stand by as the best customer user group conference I've been to ever with the period at the end of that because of exactly what you're saying. It was all about nobody, there were no salespeople there and you guys presented, you know, viable market opportunities to the printers and were just there to talk about the market and how they can grow their business, which, you know, ties into your awesome business booster site. Uh, And maybe you can tell people about that and also do they have to be a Rico customer to go to Interact, or can you be invited if you're looking? I think either. You might be able to be invited. The focus really is indeed for Rico customers. It's a, it's a unique opportunity for us to do a couple of things. We want to embrace our customers and, and show them what we're working on, both currently and in the future. It's a great opportunity for us to interact with them in a, more of a social environment than a traditional discussion we may have at their facility where we get leadership and ownership of our customers and a lot of the senior and both senior and technical leadership from Rico, we get together and it's, it's mostly seminar based. It's a lot of learning, but it's a great opportunity to share experiences, what they're experiencing, what they go through as a business owner. And how we either help them or how yeah. we can help them. It was the craziest thing to see a room full of printers like talking to each other to the point where people were like, okay, everyone needs to get out of the room. There's another session coming. Yeah. Like I've never, <laughs> even in your session, they were trying to buy, buy printers from you and like, and you yeah. were saying, I'm really sorry. I'm not here to sell you a press. No, Someone it's not off, it's, yeah. You, and it's not often that, that business owners, especially in our business can get together like this and have these types of dialogues. You know, you go to trade shows and you're there for your reason. 
Maybe there's a couple of there are a couple of opportunities that you can socialize and talk to other business owners. But you know, you know, maybe once a year at something like Interact, can you actually sit down at a table for ten people from all across the country? Right. That the one the one common thing they all share is they put ink on stuff or toner on stuff, and they learn about their experiences. It's just as important for us because we need to hear that level of feedback as well. Not only is, inter- is Interact important for us. You know, you mentioned Business Booster, and I'd be remiss if I didn't comment on it. Yes, I we love also have an o- Business Booster, yes. Yeah, you know, we created an online community, sort of an online portal for our customers where we can share with them all sorts of information about what's happening in the industry. Uh, you know, a perfect example is when you and I do podcasts like this, or I'll do uh, webinars or speaking engagements, or anyone else on the, on, on the Rico marketing team uh, goes out and talks about technology and engages with customers. Maybe we do a session on trends in the industry that would be of importance for business owners. We make all that information available and we create a public, excuse me, sort of a semi-private, I'll call it, portal for them to share information, not just with us, but amongst themselves as well. And I think, you know, having been on the other side of this, having been a customer before in this industry, it's hard to find those opportunities to, to share information and to get information because you know, we're busy doing our daily jobs. Right. So having an environment to, to offer that to our customers is important and exciting for us. And we learn a lot from them. At the Interact Conference, the one comment that I kept hearing over and over was that things that the, the printers have said to you, they have seen manifested in technology. And they know it's not a joke. You're not just there to have a conference and say you have a conference and listen to people, but not really act on it. I mean, the reason why I love this conference so much is because of the dedication of that, your customers, that user group is just an amazing resource. And, you know, it's indicative of the leaders. So good job there. Dan, we need to wrap this up. So I'm going to ask you one last question and give you Two minutes or less to answer this. Why wide format? Love the question. And I'll try to be brief. And I think I can do so because it's a relatively easy question to answer. When I talk to people quite often, we talk about all the ways that if you're in the printing business, regardless of what segment you're in, right? If you're putting ink or toner on something, most people who own a business, whether it's a small private independent business or a large conglomerate, you're always thinking about how can I grow my revenues or increase my profit or some variation of those two or usually a combination of both. And it doesn't matter whether you want to grow your business because you're a small business owner and some extra profit would you know, put a boat in the water for your summer vacation, or you're in a large business and you want to grow it because the costs of healthcare for your employees are growing. So you have to find a way to inject some some increased profitability. At the end of the day, those two things are common, no matter whether you're a small business or a large business. And what I tell people often is if you're in the business of putting ink or toner on paper, and you're not doing wide format, you should. And the reason why is relatively simple. In most scenarios, it's the fastest path to significantly increased revenue and profit to the point where in any segment of the printing industry, it's, it's one of the rarest of its kind because of the amount of profit it can create for most users of it. So, you know, we can, we can grow our businesses by doing more of what we're already doing. You know, if I'm an offset printer and I want to grow, I can, A, try to go after more offset business. But at that point, that's great, and it, it could be extremely beneficial to my business, but I'm chasing pennies. 
I think once people start to look at the economics of wide format, you realize you can move from chasing pennies to chasing dollars because of the, the broader impact and the greater profitability that wide format creates. You know, so if that excites anybody who, who listens to this podcast, I encourage you, you know, talk to your RICO specialist, talk to other people that you know in the industry. And I think once you start to look at it from a pure economic perspective, you'll start to think about it not along the lines of if I should, but when I should and how quickly can I, you know, because I like to tell people, you know, every month you don't is money you're leaving on the table and, and economics don't lie. So that's another thing that we love doing for our customers is showing them some real world examples of, of how profitable it can be. And we encourage people to look at that. It's not too late. It's never too late to enter the never wide too late. format market. It is not going anywhere. It is only going to boom. I encourage everybody out there to take a look at Rico and it's takealookatrico.com. And if you can tap into your local salespeople, get demos, uh, just try to get them to, I'm sure they give people tours of that business booster thing. I hope Absolutely. so. So people Absolutely. can be like, I want in on that. But get all the information. Dan, thank you so, so much. I'm going to be checking my calendar to pencil you in for a few more podcasts so we can have some more wide format fun. And I really do appreciate all of your knowledge sharing and information. And I will be stealing at least three things you said on this podcast. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Deb. Thank you so much for having me on and being such a gracious host. You've been listening to podcasts from the Printerverse. We'd love to hear your feedback on our shows and topics that are of interest for future broadcasts. Please connect with us through printmediacenter.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts for alerts on new shows. Until next time, thank you for joining us and listening to podcasts from the Printerverse. Print long and prosper. Print long and prosper.